heavenly father who is a loving father who of all his attributes it's his love that is the greatest and we're thankful for that God bless you good to see those that came out on a slightly untoward evening a little blustery a little icy God bless you all for coming amen we'll just turn directly to the word if we can I'm going to make a couple of announcements in a moment but Let's just turn to the Word. If we'll go to the book of Revelations, chapter 22. If after the musicians come and they take their seats and there's some empty pews, I'd sure like to have some of you come forward a little bit if, you, if there's space, but we'll wait till the musicians come. Good to be here again today. Good to be back home in Edmonton. We were out in British Columbia last week, and... Uh, we were able to be with our daughter and her husband, some friends, some different brethren. We actually went to the U.S. We saw Brother John Andes and his wife. We saw Brother Tim Dodd and his wife. And they asked me just to make sure Stephen and Andrew were behaving. I said, I'll do my best. Oh, oh Brother Stephen, you're here. Yes, I said. <laughs> um, we also were together with Brother Chris Moritz and some of the saints at Living Word. And we were attended the service there on Wednesday, and then they prevailed upon me to minister on Sunday. So, by God's grace, we had a good service. So, they also asked me and said, you know, who, who's ministering while you're gone? I said, man, we have some good ministering brothers. And I said, I, I have no reservation about leaving it with them. They're wonderful, and I understand you had good services, Brother Max and Brother Andrew, Brother Moses. And uh, so we appreciate that. This Saturday, our, our brother Max is going to be leaving, and he's going to be going back to Ireland for three weeks. And so let's remember him. He's, he needs to brush up on his Irish accent or, or else help the uh, Irish to understand his Canadian. Eh? Uh, <laughs> so let's pray for our brother. You know, there's a few few of our saints that are overseas, and, and the, you, you see all the things going. Sister Catherine's in Nigeria. I believe Sister Elaine's in Zimbabwe. There's others. We just remember them, that God gives them grace. I was talking to Brother Steve Fulkerson's. He's away in, in, um, in Tanzania. So we want to just remember all of them. Um, did, I, did I hear that Melody was 18? Is that right? Oh, my. That's, that's amazing. 
that, that she's 18, but there's another event that's going to be even more amazing. Joel is just about to turn 16, like that, like all those cars that have been waiting there in that yard. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> you know, I, I just realized I want to make, I'm holding you, but maybe I'm making my announcements now, but I, I did want to make mention of one more thing, um, and that was in regards to um, Sister Ruth Biskel has uh, authored a little book, and the book is, is in, in, um, about Brother Ed Biskel's life, and it's called The Boy on the Alcan, Up and Down on the Alaska Highway. Um, the book can be ordered online. It's available in an, an e-book reader format if you want, but if you're interested in having a, a copy, it's got lots of graphics and stories and, and things in it. Um, if you're interested in a copy or buying a, a copy, you can let Sister Janet know before Sunday because you pro will probably get a better price. The hardcover is uh, 56 a little over $56. Soft cover is 47 but they're going to try and get a, uh, the, the price at a better rate than you could get it online. You can also get it in the e-reader format, so you can do order that from Amazon. But if you're interested, that's this Sunday, let, let Sister Janet know. So now that I've said all that I've said, we're going to actually get into the Word. Is that all right? God bless you all. You've been standing. It's, don't worry, I'll be standing the whole service, so you'll be fine. I'll let you sit, sit in a minute. Revelations 22. Um, we'll just pick this up directly from verse 7. I, I want you to think about where we're standing in time. Um, where will we be a hundred years from now? Where will we be in 50 years from now? But what we're living out right now will determine where we'll be. So let's just read from verse 7. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard them and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. And then he said unto me, See thou do it not, for I am that, thy, thy fellow servant, and of the brethren, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. Now, that's the same angel who in Revelations 19 spoke about the bride being clothed. And this angel was an angel, was a, was a man who was a prophet, Brother Branham doesn't come out and say who that angel is. But I think we would have a good idea. But just, just listen to this. It says now, For the sayings of the prophecy of the book, the time is at hand. Now, this is something that is coming if it's not almost here already. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is, he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. So why do we minister? Why do we persuade? Because this scripture must be fulfilled. 
Verse 12, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have a right to the tree of life and they may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. Now, I, I felt I needed to read that preamble, but really... I'm going to pick this up from this next verse, verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto you that every man which hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Amen. We'll just leave that there, and let's just bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it's a Wednesday night, and we don't just distinguish that, but we know people have worked. We know it's been an effort to get here. Some may be tired. Others may be at home that couldn't come. We want to just ask, Lord, that now as we've just taken this little time and set it aside... Lord, would you come? Would you just speak, Lord? Our, our bodies may be tired, our spirit may be weary, but Lord, our soul is always ready to hear the word of God. I pray, Lord, you'd feed us with the word of life. Lord, for the hour, the time we live in, may you bless those that have come, bless us together, Lord, and we pray these things and ask it in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. you may have your seats. I've, I've been taking a little bit of a series on what I've called the prevailing seed. Sometimes that's not meant that, that, I'm, that we as ministers have knowledge and that we have, um, you know, everything all together. We just, we believe that the Holy Spirit's leading the church and we look to Him, we yield to Him, I, I yield to Him, we all yield to Him. And we want him to have his way. So sometimes when we speak in a series, it's more not meant to be some great thing, but it's meant maybe, if nothing else, for the minister to keep a track or keep a thought. And I, I feel that there's times that we really need to do that. And there's times we need to deviate as the Lord would lead. So I'm, I'm not going to so much pick up on that today. I, I, there's a couple of services I want to come back to on that, but I'm not going to do that today. I, I want to, as I was away and then I was just, there was another aspect to the last service I wanted to get to, but it just, 
it's like the word just keeps unfolding different aspects, and I just felt that there's a need. So I'm really going to take maybe the first of I don't know how many services, but on, on speaking on the spirit, the prophet, and the bride. And today I want to just take God holds his word. And uh, so I want to I refer to a couple of scriptures to set the framework, and um, if I can do that. So we'll go to Matthew 24. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just taking my time with the scriptures. I, I feel that the word has life in it. Um, yeah, there's times we get really passionate about it. Today is just maybe on a little different level. And I want to just lay some words and some thoughts in. So let, let's just take it. The word has life. And if we allow that word to come into the channel that it should, it will produce a life. So in Matthew chapter 24, this is in verse 34, Verily I say unto you, these are Jesus' words, This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And you know, we're in an age where we're bombarded by information. We can go on to the computer, the internet. We can hear advertisements. We can hear it from many different forms. There's many different words. But this, the word that we're listening to will not pass away. And that's what we need to be focused in on in this last age. Also, if we can turn, so now to Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 3, I'll just read a little bit from verse 4, God forbid, let, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar as it is written. Let God be true, let our words, and as Brother Branham would say, as other ministers would say, my words will fail, but his words will not fail. And that's what we want to rest on. We want to rest on that. And then if I can, I also want to just pick up from John chapter 4. And these are just the framework for, for tonight. Uh, John chapter 4, verse 23. But the hour cometh, and this is, this is a scripture often referred to by Brother Branham in John 4. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, I'm going to read because the, the subject is around the spirit, the prophet, and the bride. And if I just refer back to Revelations, it, it, it talks about, I come quickly. And so there's a time when everything will be fulfilled. And then it would also talk about the unjust, the filthy, and the righteous. And there'd be a time when you couldn't cross from those anymore. So... It's talking about a time of judgment. And then it would also talk about a time of reward, that 
I'm coming to give a reward. But then the really interesting part about this, and, and I, where Brother Branham would say, and the spirit and the bride say, come. So there's something in them that's calling for this coming. They're not afraid of judgment. They're not afraid of the truth. They're not afraid of these things because something is in them and has come to a fullness. Now, I, I want you to think about this for a moment. From the time of Jesus to the time that we live in were seven church ages. And in all those ages, if you go right to Revelations chapter 1, there was seven stars. There, 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 there was, was in, in the midst of the seven stars, there was, seven, there was these seven candlesticks. So, and and these, these candlesticks, and there was a representation of a church in every age. There was a representation of a star that came to every age. But I want you to notice where that star came from. It was Jesus that was walking in the midst of every age. But out of every age, he sent forth a star with the word of truth for an age. He sent it, and he was holding that star alone. It came from the throne of God. It was God that kept it. Friends, it's an hour when, when, when everything is turned gray, when everything is, is, is muddled up and people are looking for answers, but we have a truth just like they did in every other age. And this truth came from the throne of God. The same Jesus, they said, never a man spake like this man. But I would also say unto you that in every age it was the same voice that was coming out and it came out in Paul and Paul with a boldness and authority and under a lion anointing. He went out with that same truth because God had sent it and placed it in him. And it would be that way in every age and it would come to the last age. And I will say, never a man spake like this man in this generation. I have, I've been really reflecting on the word and, and, and something that's just been made really real to me over the last ages, the last, the last few years, but is, is Brother Branham, you know, we, we like to take Brother Branham and say, well, he was the messenger. He knew he was actually just following God. He was following the Spirit of God. He was held in the hands of God. The words that came out, they were right from 1949 and the deity of Jesus Christ, the, the recorded tapes, right to the end until the last message, communion. Those were all ordered, and if you, if you can be honest and say, I've come back to them and found them to be true. I have found them to be prophetic, I have found them to be an anchor. I have found them to be a stability. I have found them to be a place I can hang on to. And I would say, more than ever, we need to hang on to that. 
And God has, has held, he held that messenger in his hand, but he's also watched over his word. And it's gone into every nook and every cranny. And it's come right to the, every elected seed that God has predestinated. Because I believe it takes this message for those to go into a rapture. I believe there'll be others that are out there that are good people that God has dealt with in a measure, but I believe the rapture, the, the bride, will receive this message. So it, it, the, the whole framework is now the, the spirit, the, pro, the bride, the prophet, the bride say, come. Now, this is where I believe Brother Branham got it was from this scripture. Here it says the spirit and the bride, but he'll, he'll make some comments and I'll read them right away. There, there's transitions, and, and in, in 1964, when Brother Branham saw the preview of the bride, and he made a distinction between the church and the bride, he saw a vision, but it reflected in the messages that he preached, the masterpiece, recognizing your day in its message, feast of the trumpets, and the language he began to use, I believe, was a reflection of the way the Spirit of God was leading him. He's saying the church will go through a tribulation, but the bride will not. The church goes through it for the purification, but the bride will not, because she has come to a place this is the house of judgment. This is a place of correction. And, and I would say, we need to hear it straight. We need to hear it where it, it cuts us sometimes. We need to hear it because everything is wishy-washy out there. And even as we get into the Christmas season, you know, oh, it's oh, love everybody, love your neighbor, you know, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And, 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 and two days later when it's Boxing Day, they're fighting one another again in the stores. It, it's, it isn't, it's, it's, it's just a, uh, it's not real. But this what we have is real. It'll carry you through Christmas. It'll carry you through after Christmas. But it was 1956, my, I'm, I'm just, 1956 was a significant point in the prophet's ministry. He had a meeting and the first time he had a meeting where the expenses weren't met. In other words, they went into debt in the meeting. And Brother Branham, because he was a man of character, he was a man uh, of his word, he said, Lord, I'm coming off the field. Because I promised you that if the meeting's never paid, I'm, I'm coming off. And he came off the field in 1956. And he spoke a message, it was, it was originally entitled, um, it was originally entitled The Inner Veil, is how it was first, I still have the book entitled The Inner Veil. Later it was changed to Why Are People So Tossed About? And, and he began to make a distinction, and he began to say, you know, and if you really look at the book, it was... Why isn't the word taking root? Because here was greatest healing ministry ever was. This was God coming on the scene like he had not come on the scene for seven church ages. These were signs and wonders and, and it, was, it was coming. And you would think it would bring the people to a reality. But yet it, was, it, it, it wasn't having the effect. 
And so he comes off, he preaches that, and then he, he would make the declaration, this is America's last year. And he would go out, and Billy Graham went out, they crisscrossed the land, they, they did it, and, and yet America never went on with God. So now we, we come to 1957, and Brother Branham, he would take, and he would preach seven messages in 1957 that were all the same title, and they were all entitled, God Keeps His Word. Now, I, I want you to think, and I, 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 I've listened, now you can go, they're actually all in the first six months of 1957. God keeps his word. And he, and he would take time, and he begins to make a distinction, because he was a true prophet. And, 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 and really the message, the way of a true prophet, a prophet isn't somebody who's there for our entertainment. A prophet calls the people back to the word, back to God. Elijah told them, you've been worshiping Balaam and you've been following false things. Come back to God. That was Elijah. Moses was one who brought the people back to God. The way of a true prophet is come back to the word. And, and, and Brother Branham, he was grieved by what he'd seen in the nation. And, and if you start to listen to some of the messages, he begins to say, the American people seem to be looking for a fantastics, where they seem to be going after a spirit, but the spirit will, they were going after would not cope with the word. So he was beginning to labor and distinguish. And, and in 1957, he would bring out the Hebrew series and different things, but I just use this because a little bit of my thought comes out of the message, God keeps his word, and, and, and there's different ones. So I'm, I'm, I'm using that as, as just a basis for, for where we're at. So he would, he would first of all say this, and, and I want you to just bear with me as I do this. But in the Church Age book, he talked, in, and this is in, in, in the Laodicean Church Age, and he would talk about how the pure word was lost and organization went towards dogma and creeds and, and it could no longer speak for God, but God began to send reformers and, and revelations. But finally, he comes down to this statement. He says, this process has gone up, one failed. And he says, but on this last day, there is, to, there is again another people in the land, who under their messenger will be the final voice to the final age. Now, the spirit, the prophet, and the bride. And, and, and I, I will say, the attitude of the bride in Revelations was, come, because the word was in her. She was not afraid of taking the full word. Not mixing the world, and, but the full word was in her. We can, we can point to the prophet and we can say, you know, Brother Branham had it in this message and this message, but what about us? What about me? Am I echoing that with my life and with my actions and with what I am? Because, let me, let me read a little further. 
He says the church is no longer the mouthpiece of God. It is its own mouthpiece. God is turning on her. He will confound her through the prophet and the bride, for the voice of God will be, will be in her. And then he refers to Revelations twenty two seventeen, The spirit and the bride say, come. Once more, the world will d- hear direct from God as at Pentecost, but of course the word bride will be repudiated as in the first age. I want to read this little part yet. This is also in the Laodicean church age. Thank God at this moment, this age is not over. Yet he is yet crying. His cry is not only in the spiritual ears of men by his spirit, but once again a prophet is in the land. Once more, God will reveal the truth as he did to Paul. In the days of the seventh messenger, he will reveal the mysteries of God as revealed by Paul. He will speak out, and those who receive the prophet in his own name will receive the beneficent effect of that prophet's ministry, and they who hear him will be blessed and become part of the bride of the last day as mentioned in Revelations 22:17 the spirit and the bride say come now there's another part i'm going to save that just for the moment i want to just use this word truth cuz we can say i have the message and, and we make it almost like a dogma. A dogma is something we hold to, though it's not truth. And, and I want to I speak on that in a future service here. But truth is the quality or uh, the state of being true. To me means true to means to be accurate or exact in accordance with fact or reality. These are, these are, anti, these are synonyms of truth. Accuracy, authenticity, certainty, fact, uh, legitimacy, um, veracity. They're, these are things. Now, the opposite, the antonyms are falsehood, flaws, imperfection, impre- imprecision, inaccuracy, inexactness, dishonesty. So there's, there's, there's two different things here. Now, as I relate this thought of spirit and truth, I want you to think about this a little bit. Just, just go with me to John 1. The, these, these words are very simple, and I'm, I'm being deliberate, and I'm taking my time, because I, I wanted to bring this to something, not necessarily today. But John 1 would say, you know, out of all of the gospel writers... You know, there is Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, and they'll tell stories and they'll record it on a level, but John with the eagle anointing, he goes at a higher level. And not just the book of John, but the book of 1 John, which we'll come to. But he would say, 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if you take that in the Greek, that is the logos, the concept, or the thought of God. That's the Word. And it says, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. I love to go out to the mountains because the, the God I serve is the God that made the mountains, that made the ocean, that made the heavens and the sea. And when I'm out there, I, I, just, I, I just think it, it, this is not just, you know, one of 300,000 denominations or how many they have now. This is not just some words up in a book that we believe or some theology. This is... This is, this is, there's nothing like it. This, this world came out of what I believe. And, and it's, it, it's, it's truth on a level. You know, it, it, you know pe- people will, will you know, I, I, just, I just thought of the Syrophoenician woman. You know, and he, Jesus kind of rebuffed her and rebuked her. And, and he says, you know, I'm not sent, you know, to give my, my, my meat, but, you know, and not to cast it to dogs. And, but, you know, and, and she would say, truth, Lord. So there's something about truth that I believe the seed of God hungers for. I believe it's not just truth in a letter format, but it's truth in reality. And I, 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 if, I, if I really think about how I was raised and I remember my parents were were separated. I would go to church one weekend with my mom and one weekend with my father. And my father, they they had a church and they, you know, it was, was, I always remember, I always thought, if if I want to have a good time, I'll go to my dad's church. But I I knew mom had, you know, we'd come to, I remember the the church um, that was in Calder that, that was there. And as a young man, I still remember there was times I was in church and I knew there was something more there than just, than just people getting emotional. I knew there was something greater and more real there. And I always held my heart, if I ever want to get serious with God, this is where I need to go to. Now, that was, I didn't put that in my heart. I didn't find that through my smarts. That was something God dropped in me. Amen. So I, 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 I want to just say it so... Truth, if you can think about it, God was the great eternal spirit, but in him was thoughts or concepts. It came into a visible form called the Logos, and the Logos would begin to speak, and out of that, every word that was spoken came from a place where it could not be taken back. It was truth. And so when it was spoken, he could not recall it because he was the true one. He was the faithful one. And you can rest on him. You can rely on him. You can take him at his word. But he came down in this form. Now, I'm going to skip a a big part of this part of, but you can read about light and darkness and that they couldn't comprehend it, etc. But verse 14, it said, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 
And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the flesh, it came down. Now, just, just drop down a few more verses to verse 17. For the law was given by Moses. Now, you can take the law and say, yeah, you had to do this or you died. You had the law, the law, the law. But the law was not really in completeness yet. Because now the next words say, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So, so there was an expression of truth, and I would say, truth is a person. Truth is a spirit. And so also is falsehood a spirit. It's not just, uh, we figure it out up here. No, it's actually in spirit form. And in verse 18, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So what did he declare? Grace, truth. Now, now go with me to John 18. And like I said, I'm using some scriptures. John 18. Because in this, in this last age, and, I, I, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of my burden for this, is we hear so many things. We hear about the latest COVID variant, and, and we hear about this, and we hear about what the people are doing. And I, I was just with an individual I worked with the other day, and, and as he was talking about his father who had been sick in the hospital, and he couldn't see him, and, and now his son was sick, and this, and, and, and as he was talking, he says, I'm ready to smash everybody's head in there. Like, I'm thinking, the trigger points of where people are at is just on a tipping point. And I will say, as Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. There is only one refuge in this last place, and it's abiding in truth. Because all else will we'll not take the rapture. All else will be left behind. We'll take on the mark of the beast. And I want to be found in truth, in the spirit of truth. So in John 18, verse 29 here, they, they're bringing Jesus to Pilate. And Pilate then went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? And he talked about the law, etc., etc. But now in verse 33, Pilate entered into the judgment hall and called Jesus and said to him, are, you, are thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered and said, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it to thee of me? Now he knew, now you talk about being discerned. The truth is still a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So Jesus, you know, he sees Pilate, but he says, you're, you're in this because of politics, because of they told you this and this. You know, and, and Pilate answered and said, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? And Jesus answered and said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, 
Then should I be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from hence. Now, now Pilate's trying to figure out, how can I use this guy? Is he an ally? Is he against me? I got these Jews bugging me. I got all this. And he's trying to figure out who this guy is. And Pilate then, therefore, said unto him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and to this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of truth heareth my voice. Now Pilate heard him speaking physically, but he didn't have the receiving set to receive the truth in his heart. And there are many that have heard the Bible and have heard commentaries and have heard all of the things and oratories and things, even the message. But not everybody can receive truth. And Pilate said unto him, what is truth? Now, that's a question that much of the world is asking. In, in these shifting times, where is truth? And he said this, and he went out to the Jews and said unto them, hey, this guy has no faults. <laughs> he answered all my questions. You know, anyway, I, I, I bring this now. I'm saying this, truth is a person. You need to be in relationship with the person to understand truth. Truth is not a higher form of learning. Truth is not something that you can attain to yourself, but you need to understand that truth was manifest in a person called Jesus Christ. I, I didn't give you this one, Brother Mark, but can you just turn to this John 15, verse 22? John 15, verse 22. I just, maybe it's a good time to insert this. John 15, verse 22. And Jesus is speaking to the believer. He's in the world, etc. But he says this. If I had not... Oh, sorry. Did I say 15, 20... What did I say? 22? Yeah. Okay, he says, Now, if I had not come and spoken unto them, they would have had no sin. Now, this is an, this is an amazing statement. It's, it's like you... And I'm, I'm careful about how I present the truth. Because the minute we present truth, the person that hears it becomes accountable. And not everybody is meant to receive this message. So I, I always look for that little tug or that little pull from somebody. I'll, I'll just throw a seed out. And if they, if, they, if they bite on it, then we'll go another step. But I, I don't just go out to them and say, you know, I, I made a mistake early in my Christian walk. I, I was with a, a man that I worked with that was, you know, going through a hard time, and he was going back to his faith, which happened to be Catholic roots, and, and God was just dealing with me about salvation and, and all the things that come. So we would exchange services, and I remember I had just finished reading Revelation 17, and I couldn't wait to get there the next day and talk to him. He said, the church system you believe in is the great whore. And he looked at me and goes, what? 
And I, I felt bad that I did that after. But you know, it, I, I think God gives us wisdom and God in, overlooked, you know, winked at, okay, he's just young, you know, just give him, give him a break. But you know, so, so truth, as, as I, if I can say it is, here, if Jesus had not been manifest or the light had not shone on this, and, 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 and I would just say, there was always truth there, but like Brother Branham would come and, and, and he, would, he had the vision where he would take the top of the mountain and light shone, and he said, light has never shone on this truth before. So we're living in an age where things are revealed that have never been revealed to a people before, and we become accountable. And I would say we have the greatest message that ever was. And I don't like to use even just that phrase. But we have truth unveiled in a way that others have never had it. So Jesus, he says, now, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have had, they, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father. Now, I'll come into this and I'll move into this a little bit. Go to John chapter 16, just over a page. Let's go to verse 12. Now, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's telling them, I've got to leave the earth and uh, I won't be able to be with you. And he would say this, I have yet many things to say unto you but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Now just like Brother Branham had to make the distinction from a church world in 1956 that would, an nation that would not receive the message, let me just say the nation that would not receive the message. He had to come and he recognized that they, they were chasing something else and he often referred to it as fantastics or some other spirit or they chase after this, they chase after, and it grieved him because the level that he was on was a different level. He was a word prophet. And he was interested in truth. And he could see people running after other things. And, and he witnessed in the church world many things that did not line up with the Bible. So, so it, it, you know, we can become on one sense so spirit-led and, oh, I was in this realm. But if the, 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 the litmus test is that you come back is does it fit in the pages of the Bible? That, that still is the very test. And, and we're coming closer to the end where it's a razor's edge between right and wrong. But if you have the spirit of truth in you, it will keep you. It will direct you. So, so he, he would read... You could read after, if you want, verses 7 to 11, but he says, the comforter will come. He will reprove the world of sin. So who's coming? It's him, the Holy Ghost, coming in who? A people. 
and he'll reprove the world of sin. So just like when he came and stood and walked among them, and, 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 and they, would, they were now guilty because they'd seen his life, so we, because we are vessels that God's keeping his truth in. You know, truth isn't something, you know, there's, there's a great, like they, they say with uh, measurements, there's a yardstick. There's somewhere there's a yardstick that is the measuring rod is kept behind a glass case that all other yardsticks are, are made from. And, and, and then there's other things. So, so truth isn't just a, a book somewhere, you know, that, that's there. It, 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 it's there, but that's not the place God wants to keep it. Truth wants to, needs to come into a vessel by the Spirit of Christ. The Bible, I believe, is the truth. But there'll be many Bibles that are left behind at the time of the rapture. Why? Because the truth isn't just meant for this. It's meant for this. And I say, let this come into this. And then let the truth. And I, I will say, think not, as Jesus would say, what you shall say in an hour. For he, the Holy Ghost, will give you the wisdom. Why? The truth in you will utter what it needs to be. The, the brothers in China, they took away their Bibles. They took away everything. But they could not take away what was inside of them. And I'd say, feed on the Word. Stay in the Word. Let it become life. Let it become flesh. Let it become where inside of you is something so real that when you see something contrary, you're grieved. When you see something that isn't right, right away your spirit picks up on it. That's how real we ought to be. And, and, and the measuring rod is this, not just the Bible, but the revealed word. So, so we have this, and you know, many have books and, and things and such, but Romans 1, Romans 1 verse 16, just, just I'm going to... I'm deliberately taking my time, so if I don't get to what I need to get to today, I'm, some of this will spill over into other services. Verse, Romans 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, this is Paul, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith, it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and right, unrighteousness of men. Now look, look at this, ungodly, unrighteous, but now look at the last part. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now it's possible that you can have the very place that truth is being revealed. You can have an understanding intellectually, but you can use it in an unrighteous way. Not all who were Jews were Jews, who called themselves Jews. Not all that call themselves message are message. Not all that come to this truth will use it in its pure and intended form. And I would say, you, you can use the message as a hammer in your home. I'm the head of the home. You all line up, march, sit down, eat, do it. That's not the way truth was to be presented. That'll be another 
service. I'm, I'm, I'm just going slow. But the truth in unrighteousness. Now, now drop down to verse 20 for a moment. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the thing that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. When, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Now, I, I, I'll just pause, and I'm just slow, going slow. Jesus would, or Brother Branham would say, you continually need to water your experience. The Holy Ghost in you feeds on the Word of God. Make it a part of your fabric in your diet. And then he would make statements like, if you refuse to give thanks, if you refuse to witness, if you refuse to do things, you're going to find out you're going to wake up cold, formal, and backslidden one day. He would actually go on further in the message and he would say, and, and, and I think it's in How Can I Overcome when he crossed a log and the log was doughty. He said the log was sitting so close to the water but it was rotting on the inside. So make a practice in your prayer life to be true. Not to, to you know, if I regard iniquity in my heart when I come to the Lord in prayer, God will not hear my prayer. He might answer according to my desires and my wishes. You know, you want it bad enough? You can have it. He did that to Balaam. But I want to be true. I want to be continually coming unto him and saying, Lord, here I am. Search me. This is our judgment time. This is, this is my time to be purged. I don't want my time to be in a tribulation. I want it to be now. Let my vessel, let, my, let the place that you can deposit truth in, let it be pure. Let it be holy. Let it be righteous. Let it, let it be a place that you can anchor in. So he would say, these people, they didn't glorify him. They weren't thankful. I, 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 I read a little devotional, and Charles Spurgeon is, is a wonderful mentor as far as a pastor and such goes in his devotionals. But he said, the more you give thanks, the more you'll find God in your daily life. You just begin to thank him and say, Lord, you work this. I thank you for that. Thank you for that. And, and it'll take away complaining. It'll take away your depression. It'll take away you going into places that you shouldn't go. And you'll begin to see God everywhere in your life. So he'd say, now, now look at the progression. They became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. We see so much around us. And we... we you know, we, we jump on the bandwagon. Look at what they're doing to that church over there. Well, hold on a second. That's that church. Are, are they under the same covenant that you are as the bride? Look at what they're doing over here. Look at these. You, we're never going to fix all those things. But what we need to do is recognize, listen, the shuck is falling off. The seed is coming into full maturity. God is placing a character. He's, he's forming something in us. The, the seed is coming to replicate Jesus Christ again. 
That's why we feed on the Word. That's why we give ourselves to this. It's not a law. It's, 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 it's what I was, it's my destiny. It's what I was intended to be. I was not just meant to be a, a church member. I was not just meant to, to, to do what the other churches and such are doing. I was meant for God. I was meant for Him. I was meant for this Word. I was meant for this truth. That's got to be our focus. And he, and he would go on to talk, verse 24, Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. They changed the truth of God into a lie. Now this, this leads right into Sodom and Gomorrah traits. Okay. I want you to go with me to John chapter 8 because there's a spirit application to this. John chapter 8 is an amazing... It, it, I think it, it's actually very indicative of what we're going to be coming to. Brother Dan talked about, you know, things aren't going to look good for the future. Well, they're not going to look good as far as your natural flesh is concerned. But your spiritual man, this is who we are. And, and I would say this, you, you won't find a resting place out in the world anymore. That window is closing. And, and in fact, if you watch governments, you watch the agendas that are coming, the, the regulations, the, sp the spirit behind those things Government is meshing together with economics, is meshing together with religion, and all of these things are embodying a spirit of falsehood that's going to come against the spirit of truth. Now, it happened in Jesus' time, and, and you really could take time and read all of John chapter 8, but I'm going to just, just take a little part of it. Let's go to John chapter 8, verse 30. And as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. One thing I've learned is the devil is a liar. You know, you get some heaviness that comes on you. I mean, just came again today, and I... Just think, I got a service, and I just, we just had prayer last night, and I was in the Word, and where did this come from? And you know, begin to doubt, and, you, and I'm going, and then just something happened, and it broke that. And I go, you liar. You dirty liar. And he'll paint a picture. He'll create some situation. He knows where you're weak. He knows what, what causes you grief. You know, but he's a liar. What we have is greater than anything Laodicea can offer, greater than what he presents to you and to me. What we have is something, and he knows that if you keep feeding and keep continuing, that this church, this bride, will be that invincible army. Now, he's saying the truth. Now, if you watch the language here, and I'm not going to read all of this, but in verse 33, 
And as he's saying these words, here's the Pharisees. They answered him and said, we're Abraham's seed. We were never in bondage. We are free. Uh, How sayest thou, you shall be made free? And Jesus begins to take words and said, you know, if you commit sin, you're the servant of sin, and da-da-da-da, and and if the Son will make you free, you'll be freed indeed. Verse 37, he says, I know you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me. The spirit that's in you is against me. Because my word has no place in you. Now, I, I, I marvel at those that have been around the message and it's one thing to walk away because you don't understand. But when you start to come and turn around and put your crosshairs on the place you were, I'll say that's a dangerous, dangerous place. And, and so uh, we, we could go and he would tell them in verse 40, but now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Now, this is amazing to me. You do the deeds of a father. You know what their answer is? We weren't born in fornication. Don't tell me they didn't have an understanding of serpent seed. They knew what he was talking about. <laughs> you and I, you know, the same dialogue that happened in the Garden of Eden between Abel and Cain, you know, it says, I have uh, this revelation came to me, and this is what it was told to me. And Cain is going, well, I didn't get that revelation. He said, yeah, well, God showed me this. Is Abel saying, and you know what else he showed me? You and I don't have the same father. What do you mean? Oh, I, 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 there, there was something that rose up there. And, and, and that's happened all the way through. Listen, I, I'm going I'm to read this because it, 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 it's, it's also out of the church age, the Ephesian church age. No matter how just and upright a Christian is before the public, how gracious he is to his fellow man, doing naught but good. You know, it's just, I hate to use this example, but it's just like a cat. You stroke him the right way. Stroke him the right way. Mm, purr, purr. Merry Christmas. Stroke him the right way. And then you just rub it back the other way. Okay, listen, <laughs> just use an example. You begin to say something that's just truth and dear to you, and you watch the reaction that comes back sometime. I'm, I'm not looking to, to create that. But he just says, let, him, let a Christian before the public, gracious to his fellow man, doing naught but good, let him c- confess Christ as his Savior. And you can even actually go now far enough in this age you can say, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again Christian. And born-again is even a good phrase. They don't like to say Holy Ghost. They like to say Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost is a little bit creepy to them. But, but, and then acknowledge the operation of the gifts, the Holy Spirit in tongues, prophecy, healing miracles, And he will be condemned. In other words, I believe the Spirit of God was in our meetings. I believe God was working through brother so-and-so. I believe this song was led. And, 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 you know, you begin to say these things. Listen, this is Brother Man's word. The spirit of this world hates the Spirit of God. And because it can't overcome the Spirit of the Lord, it tries to destroy the vessel in whom the Spirit of truth dwells. 
Now this plays out in the next verses. Verse 42. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. I, I remember I had a, uh, it was a death in the family, and I have a cousin who had gone to Bible school, and we were at the funeral after, and he said, I hear you're a minister. What Bible school did you go to? Well, I, I just, uh, I got the call of God direct. <laughs> and he goes, that's not going to work. You, you need to go to a Bible school. <laughs> We, we, we didn't get to much more conversation after that. But I'll just say this, friends. There, there's a certain way that the world has, and if you don't fit that mold or that box, you know, and, and, and listen, don't, don't go out and push people's buttons on purpose. That, that's wrong, too. You know, but, but I'm just saying, it comes out. You can't help it. And I'm going to say, as the world closes in, as pressures increase, this will become more evident. You're going to see people who are good people bound by a spirit and they're coming against you and they don't even know why. Because the world is being caught up in that spirit. But there's a little group, there's a little remnant on the earth, just like the Jews have 144,000. Of the church and of all the churches, there's a little group called the bride. And God's grace is upon her. And, she, and he watches over her. And at the right moment, he will rapture her out of all of this. Stay true to him. Stay in the spirit. In fact, that's the very, the very reason that he's going to come is because there's something echoing and saying, come, Lord Jesus. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. There's nothing at home for me in this world. Let me finish this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll stop here today. He says, now, why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father the devil and the lusts of your father you will do that's pretty direct if if you have a chance go go into some of the language in the book of first john and and brother Branham would talk how in the very first age this spirit was prevalent the Ephesians believed God's people ought to be holy. They took steps to keep the body unleavened from sin, but the apostasy had already started. Sin had entered to the church. They were obedient to the words of Paul when he said, put the wicked out. They were a separated people. And, 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 and he refers to the scripture, thou hast tried them that say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. And he says, now that's a pretty blunt statement. I just had somebody give me something and, in, and talking about a situation and this is the message? I'm going, no, that is not the message. That's somebody who claims to use the message for their own, but that is not the message. I, I, I'll, I'll leave it there, but I just... So he says this, the apostles who had the original word to the people, they knew it could not change, not even a dot or a dash, Paul even said, if I come and try to give you a second revela revelation, make something come, let me be accursed. But these, these disciples, this is the part I was getting, these, 
These false apostles were doing something. They came with their own word, and the Ephesians who knew the word as Paul did it, they were full of the Holy Ghost, and they, were, they looked those other false apostles in their eyes and said, you are not saying what Paul is saying. Friends, we have a right to stand on what the messenger has said. We have a right to be bold with it. We have a right to come in somebody's face with it. And above all, we have a right to challenge the enemy with it. I want to be found in the pages of the word. He says, and then he, he, would, he said, you're not saying what Paul said, therefore you're false. Brother Brown, oh, that sets my heart on fire. Get back to the word. It's not you that really tries the apostle or the prophet or the teacher. It's the word that tries him. Oh, I, I love that. Isn't that good? I love to listen to a tape. Listen, let's have musicians come. I'm going to finish First John chapter 8. You are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He abode not in truth. There is no truth in him. And when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh for his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Verse 47. He that is of God heareth God's words. You therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. Wow, that's pretty straight. You know what we need? To hear it straight. You know what this generation needs? To hear it straight. Uh, the devil is constantly making everything wishy-washy. But we need to make it straight. Well, can you be in the message and do such and such? No, you can't. That's not the message. But we'll give grace if you're trying to get to there. But that's not the message. We don't compromise on the message. The message is the standard. That's, that's what we attain to. And I'm not going to say not as a hammer. There's, a, there's another part I really want to take time on with this, but we'll make that another service. But it's the spirit, the prophet, and the bride. And God holds his truth. Where? In a book somewhere up in the skies. No. It's, this book has come down. And it's being deposited in a people on the earth. And they, under their messenger, will be the final voice to the final age. So that's my last quote. I'm going to just read it. That's the part I left off this morning. This, er, er, this morning. It's been a long service. Uh, uh, this is the part, he says now, listen to the authenticated prophet of God who appears in this last age. What he says from God, the bride will say. The spirit and the prophet and the bride will be saying the same thing. And they will say what has already been said in the word. They're saying it now. Come out from among her and be separate. The cry has gone out. How long will the voice cry? We do not know. But one thing we know, it won't be long, for this is the last age. I think we're seeing the wheels set in motion. Everything's coming. And I think it... it it squeezes us. But it, it, let it squeeze us into this. Let, let, us, let us find our root and our anchor in this. Amen. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Can we sing that? Let's stand together. To God's unchanging hand. Oh, hold to God's unchanging hand. 